Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Dan Van Kirk. Yes. From Dumb People Town, and we've got Adam from Adam Ruins Everything. Adam Conover on the show this Hello. week. Hello. Good time in Dumb People Town, right? I mean, you like to make people smarter. When they finish watching your show That's what I try and to do. listen to your podcast, they try and be smarter. We are going to not be focusing on those people in this, <laughs> in this episode. No, but we are going to focus on possibly the greatest eyewitness to any one of our stories. Mulver. 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 The first story Mulver. has one of the greatest Dumb People Town characters everywhere ever and he didn't actually do anything wrong <laughs> check it out today's episode is brought to you by last rampage the new true crime film starring robert patrick heather graham and bruce davison and we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie my name is robert patrick i play gary tyson that's gary tyson with an i in the film last rampage evil broke loose in 1978, Arizona State Penitentiary. You know, that was interesting. What, what, what it was like playing a real person as opposed to a, a fictional character. It, it was really trying to wrap your head around how this guy could do some of the things that he could do. That was the, the things that you were drawn on. Of course, I, I, there was no way you're going to try to do an impersonation of a guy, nor was I going to try to, you know get as heavy as the guy. Uh, I didn't have enough time to really go that route. But I, I, you know, I found him really, really interested in trying to live up to the charisma that he had. I fell in love with the folklore of the story. Like, there, there, you know, the, the whole idea that he was a guy that was raised uh, during the Great Depression. See, that, from a historical point of view, those kind of stories resonate with me. That yearning for something better, trying to find it, have to steal to get it. How do you deal with that if you're a religious person? You know, how do you run underneath that? How do you justify it? He had a double life sentence that he began to push his wife and his kids to say, God, you know, I'm going to serve one term, and when I die, I'm going to serve another term in hell. Uh, I got to get out of this. And and the, the, the link that he was willing to... Uh, go to to get his kids to help him get through this and get him out of prison was it was fascinating to me don't miss last rampage the true story of the prison break of gary tyson in theaters september 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order august 22nd find out more on twitter by following at last rampage film or on facebook.com slash last rampage film Welcome to the X-Files Files. I'm your host, Kamel Nanjiani. Um, this episode is uh, sees the return of Rhea Butcher, um, who uh, has done the show many times. Uh, one of your guys' favorite guests. She's awesome. Uh, we talk about two episodes that I thought were sort of going to be throwaway episodes, The Walk and Oubliette, and it ends up being interesting uh, because they both have... Uh, thematic stuff that really ties into each other pretty well and they end up being a lot more serious and a comment on some pretty serious stuff uh, much more than I anticipated um, as always just the regular stuff please subscribe to the show um, 
the X-Files Files subreddit has been really, really good. A lot of conversation there. Follow me at X-Files Files. Follow me at Kamel N. That's K-U-M-A-I-L-N. Um, and, yep, thanks for listening. Hey, Ria. Yes. How's it going? <laughs> good. How are you? We're back in our usual recording spot. Someone was staying here for weeks and we couldn't record in here. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, it's great now. I'm lucky to be on, on this end of things. <laughs> yeah, it's we really got looking through. great. Well, it needs stuff on the walls. Sure. But I love this Devo thing that you have over there. Yeah. So we have stuff on the floor that's going to be put on the walls. But the Devo thing and the Portlandia thing, I think mm-hmm. it'll be good. Yeah. It's got like a rustic vibe, you know? Yeah, rustic. That's what we went for. Yeah, I like it. Like if you notice, uh, everything's wood. It's mm-hmm. Xbox 360, not Xbox One. Yeah, very rustic. Rustic. <laughs> Old school. Yeah. You have to use your hands. Uh, I have it's like to. a baby's toy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't know where I'm sitting. <laughs> I can't talk I to mean, it. Exactly. What's the <laughs> fucking point? If I, I can talk to it. It just doesn't right. respond. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to the other one, which I can talk to and it responds 10% of the time. <laughs> right. Which is still magical. Still pretty amazing. It feels magical. Yeah. And it also like where when you whoever sits down first, it thinks they're the only one in the room. Mm. So if I come in and then Emily comes in, it doesn't listen to Emily. It only listens to me. Oh, interesting. But then the other way around also works. Oh, okay. So it's not sexist. It's just confused visually. Uh, yes. It's just confused <laughs> visually. And it can distinguish if we both put our thing. It can distinguish between me and her. Which, granted, spectrum of people were not the hardest to tell apart sure but still I mean, <laughs> well a machine that's um, just a box that's just sitting there yeah it's not you know arnold schwarzenegger or something exactly it's not arnold schwarzenegger and even then he only knew sarah connor's name he didn't know what she looked like so <laughs> yeah. exactly. he's basically an xbox one yeah it's pretty impressive <laughs> it's pretty impressive yeah no it's a pretty sensitive camera run by a major corporation that looks at us all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> what could go wrong nothing um, so we were, we watched two episodes. We watched The Walk mm-hmm. and we watched Oubliette. The Walk is the first episode written by John Shiban, John Shiban. I think that's how you say it. He And then he becomes a major X-Files guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one where there are veterans who have been injured in war. Mm-hmm. And one of them is doing astral projection mm-hmm. to sort of get revenge. Um before we even go on, directed by Rob Bowman, who did some amazing episodes, this aired like the week of Veterans Day back then. Really? Pretty ballsy. I, that's what I thought too when I was, I mean, I didn't know that about it, but when I was watching it thinking, I mean, I guess I was just a kid when, <laughs> when the Iraq war was going on yeah. uh, during Desert Storm and yeah, stuff. Yeah, this is the, so, yeah, the first Gulf War. So I don't know how you know aware of anything I was <laughs> of that stuff, but I, I was watching that thinking like, this is really amazing that this was on network TV and actively critiquing the U.S. involvement in the Gulf War. Yeah, it's, um, it's very, it, I thought, you know, that part that he gives the speech with the bad guy. What I also like is that the bad guy is not a good guy. The bad guy is a bad guy. Yes, yeah. And he's been sort of fucked by the war, but it shows how he's been changed by the war. So Mm -hmm. he's become a bad guy. But there's a part where he talks about, like, you watch the war at home and then you just change the channel, which is like a very new thing. We used to be when there was a war. Everyone was consumed by it. Right. And since, I guess that was the first one that was like that. Yeah. Well, I think the Vietnam War was the first one that we saw like actual footage of. Yeah. And I feel like with that one, that was on the forefront of everybody's minds. Everybody was like really like involved with that war. Now, I mean, how many wars are we 
Oh. It's just all the time. Yeah, and nobody ever cares. Since, yeah, ever since the Gulf War, basically, we've just been at war. It's just been like a channel on the TV. It's like one yeah. of the reality shows that's going on is a <laughs> right. war that's happening. Yeah, we're just constantly occupying the same place because <laughs> yeah. we want to drive our cars around, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And so being dis- like disengaged from a war started, like you said, I think, mm-hmm. with Desert Storm, Gulf War. And that this really hits the nail on the head with that mm-hmm. stuff. It's pretty intense. Yeah, and I feel like this... Is I, I guess realizing, listening to him say that, like, that is kind of the first time that anybody would say that about war. Because even during Vietnam, we were still like, that was the war that cracked it open. That, like, we definitely shouldn't have been involved in that. We right. were sending the wrong people there. Like, people were dying for, I mean, not nothing, because I, I wouldn't want to say that they're... Of course. You know, right. but right. for maybe wrong reasons. And it was the first time this country actually saw that. So then for the Gulf War, they were like, no, 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 no. All right, we're done. No, no, no. We're going to spin this for you. And it's going to be <laughs> yeah. real cool. And uh, it's going to have an operation name. Yeah. that's the first time we had, we like openly spoke about operation names, right? Yeah. And it was the first time that I know that we knew like Tomahawk missiles. Like we knew the names of like yeah. things that they were using. And mm-hmm. yeah, because there was a, this was Operation Desert Storm. Sounds like a fucking video game. Yep. Uh, not the we- Vietnam War. Yeah, um, right. yeah, the Operation Desert Storm. And then they had uh, later, well, later shock and awe happened. That was right. much, much later. But that's when, I guess you're right. That's when like mm-hmm. war started having like PR reps. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. In, in like a really intense way. Yeah. Yeah. It was like marketing the war. Yep. Um, I thought, what did you think of this episode overall? Um, I really liked this episode. I yeah. enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I didn't like it in the beginning, and then as it went, I liked it more. There's I think defi- the moment that got me was when I'm not sure. I forget what her rank was, but when that um, officer, female officer, goes swimming. Which first, when she she started disrobing, I was like, "Oh, come on, come on, X Files." But then she went swimming in a one piece, and I was like, "All oh, right, okay, I'll buy yeah. it." So then she when she's swimming in that shot up to the ceiling. Yeah. Before scary, anything happens, right? I was like, "Oh my god, that is a brilliant shot!" Like no one, I've never seen that. Yeah. I've never seen anybody do that before, and it looks awesome. And the attack itself yes. looks cool too, with the water monster. Yes. Like it looks fucking awesome. I was watching it during the day the other day, and Cameron. Esposito, my girlfriend, my yes. fiance, came in and was like, can I watch this? Because she hates scary things. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it can't yeah. be scary, but because she really hates anything even yeah. remotely scary. And then she, it was that scene. And she was like, oh, my God, this looks so cool. And we yeah. were talking about that. And then when that happened, when he jumped out of the yeah. water, she jumped and screamed. <laughs> That's how much it scared her. So, and I, it was a great jump scare. Yeah. Yeah. There were two great like attacks. It's that one. And then the fucking kid who gets murdered in the sandpit. Oh, yeah. That, that kid dies. Yeah, he dies. A child <laughs> dies. And the image is like his hand coming out of the... <laughs> like a truck. Yeah, holding a truck. Pretty brutal. Both these episodes, it was impressive, this one and the next one. Real bummers. Yeah. Real dark. Real serious, real dark, yeah. And it's it's impressive that this is the season where... It's season three is where X-Files really, really sort of takes off and mm-hmm. becomes like a big hit. Yeah. And as it becomes a big hit, they just double down and go more dark with yeah. stuff. I, th- I really like the casting in both of these episodes, but particularly this one, The Walk. Yeah. The, the actor that plays the colonel yeah, was in a cold open in... Uh, and I think a season five episode of Six Feet Under. Oh, really? He's one of the, you know, like every episode opens with a death. And he He's is bo- this guy that, well, for, the greatest thing about him is like he looks 
so intense. He has such a specific look yeah. that they sort of like lead you in one way that he's like a weird killer, but he's really just a man that's been hit by lightning. Oh. And then he gets hit by lightning again. Oh, and he dies. And he dies. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looks like that. And I like love that guy. He looks like a character. guy who just got hit by lightning. Yes. A couple times. <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> he's awesome. I really liked his character because he sort of starts off with a lot of these X-Files. It starts off and there's like the big boss man who's doing a cover up, right? Uh, you didn't see the one before this, but one before this is called The List. And it's in a prison and the warden, like the head prison guy. It's this kind of character, but he's like hiding bad shit. I like that this guy is in a tough position. He understands he had to send people there and that his boys got killed and stuff. But he's kind of like a good guy in this episode. Which trying is, to be. At yeah, least. trying to be a good yeah. guy. Um, there was some one I was thinking like, don't nobody should ever be swimming in a TV show. They always die. No, the yeah, only, it's bad news. There was one X Files where Mulder's wearing this tiny red speedo and he <laughs> swims and he comes off looking great. Of course, smelling yeah. like a rose. Yeah, <laughs> but everybody else never swim on TV. I also like this. Starts off in the beginning. You see the. The guy tries to kill himself by in a terrible way. <laughs> in a terrible, in an absolutely terrible way. Would take so long if there's <laughs> if the concern is that someone's trying to stop you from killing yourself. That is not the way to go. Yeah, I would think you'd want to go with something a little bit faster. Just yeah, you want to jump off. Of yeah, things. jump off of something because then I feel like that would be the best way to prove that somebody's not letting you die. If you're like, watch. Yeah, <laughs> watch this. Off of a building. Did you see how and I then hovered? You make it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that, it, which is, a, this is a horrible way to die, but if you see the ghost pulling a fire, fire alarm, which you never see. No. I don't think I've ever seen a ghost pull a fire alarm. <laughs> it's a very... It's new. It's very appropriate response, yeah. I guess, in, yeah. a, in a strange way. And I'm not saying it's a ghost, because it's not a ghost, because the guy's alive, right. so, so don't, get, don't get nerdy at me. <laughs> um, but that guy who does go in the water and burns himself, I mean, that's a... I guess a pretty good visual for the the, the makeup looks amazing. It does look great. He's it's a, really gross. He's got <laughs> yeah, he's got that and then he's got like a plastic face on top of it. Ugh. All I could think of the whole time when he was wearing that plastic face like is that going to stick? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they uh, have it so that it doesn't stick, it, right? Yeah, but it just uh, I don't know, something about the Anyway, it's really brutal. <laughs> it's it's very brutal, yeah. And, and that guy's just in the whole episode after that. Yeah, then he's just like real sad. But then doesn't he end up? He has like a job, kind of. Yeah, he becomes the mailman at the end. So yeah. you know there are happy endings. There are happy endings. I mean, <laughs> it's a government job. Benefits are pretty good. Oh yeah, no, it's. <laughs> I mean, you know, some good, some bad. I thought that that last image of him just slowly walking away yeah. from camera is a real bummer too. <laughs> yeah, it's a big These bummer. people are just living with you know all the shit that they saw and did yes and now they're just delivering mail and that one of them turned on them and like that guy yeah well carried out terrible vengeance it's terrible vengeance because it's like he wants them to be alive and kills everybody around them like pretty that is that's a i don't know that i've heard that idea before Uh, you know like a serial killer or somebody doing that like torturing usually they torture somebody by making them watch what's happening to somebody else but just like leaving them completely alone with nobody else around them yeah (laughs) and the thing is here's also what i'll say if you want to kill yourself kill yourself while the guy while the guy's awake because he's (laughs) when he's in one of his meetings yeah kill yourself just get his schedule right and then don't like do it in a boiling cauldron Mm -hmm. i feel like maybe do you think that like a lead jacket would prevent 
astral projection or am i thinking <laughs> too am i being way too pedestrian about this you know we haven't done enough scientific research on what kind of uh things souls can go through mm-hmm. but i guess if it stops radiation it would stop a soul right possibly i think i think these are all great ideas <laughs> these are great questions and because you wouldn't need you just put him in a lead box right which is cruel very cruel but he's pretty cruel he's horrible <laughs> he's a bad person also he wouldn't... terrorized stanford blanche for christ's sake <laughs> who's stanford blanche um the i can't think of the actor's name but he's roach the nurse that pushes oh willie garson willie garson yeah he yeah. plays stanford on sex in the city yeah i know him from sex i've only <laughs> yeah. seen one episode of sex in the city i think i've seen it three times yeah not the same episode yes yeah not because it's my favorite it's just the one that always seems to be yep. on it's the one with the donut on the mouth and he goes down on her and then kisses her and there's like oh. and, and then they make like a parallel with like having a donut glaze yeah, on yeah, your yeah. mouth mm-hmm. i remember that one i've seen it three times <laughs> That's all I I say. highly recommend that show. It's good. I like it, and I did not want to like it at all because I was like, they're just rich and white and prancing around New York City. But if you can turn that part off and like, it's a big part. not think about the shoes, um, <laughs> then the rest of it is actually pretty good. It's a pretty big, um, I believe it's HBO's biggest comedy ever. Yeah. And I hear about it a lot because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, it's working on Silicon Valley, the PR people yeah. bring that up as like, the golden days of <laughs> yeah. everything. I can only TV. imagine. Yeah. Back when TV was just TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> TV was just TV. Um, I like. Oh, I'm sorry. TV wasn't TV. It was home box office. It, well, yeah, it's not TV. <laughs> it's HBO. That's literally the one thing on TV that's not TV. You <laughs> fucked up. Um, I do like this. I, I like ones where cause so a lot of X Files is about people sort of paying for the crimes of the people before them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, all the people who fucked around with aliens and now we're paying for it, which is sort of like, you know, um, like the experiments that we gig on the, the did on the Tuskegee, the Tuskegee experiments and like the, you know, getting the, the nuclear physicists, the Nazis, like give them amnesty and help them here and that sort of stuff. And so this one really also fits into that pretty well because mm-hmm. it's about, you know, like these guys who went there probably did some bad stuff and now paying for it. I thought that was interesting. Oh, Scully is so badass when she talks to that soldier. The soldier who comes in and is like, um, hey, you guys can't investigate this. Mm-hmm. Scully's so badass to her. Do you remember? It's no, right why, in the beginning. Oh, okay. And then it's, it's right in the beginning. <clears throat> and when she's like, hey, so who's the guy in charge? And she says, it's this person. And they're like, so what do we do if we want to investigate him? And the lady soldier goes, uh, investigate him for what? And Scully goes, whatever. It's so <laughs> <Okay>. badass. <laughs> yeah. It's so scary. And this one, I feel like Scully's the one who's a little more driven. Yeah. And Mulder's a little more passive, even though ultimately Mulder has the crazy idea. But Scully's the one who really is like, something's happening here. We got to get yeah. to it. It's very interesting to me when each of their like empathy shows up. Yes. You know, because they like trade off. Yes. Mulder, <laughs> and we'll talk about Mulder's in the next episode, I'm guessing. Yeah, but, um, big empathy. He tends to have a, a lot of empathy for, like, young women. And Scully, it seems... Yeah, 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 yeah. And it seems that Scully ha- has, like, more empathy for, like, injured men. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Because her dad was in the Navy or yeah. something, right? So that, mm-hmm. that all makes sense, kind of. And mm-hmm. she, like, wants to get to the bottom of this. Um. I wrote down the amputee meeting was a real bummer. 
Yes. I don't think we need to really... I, I was wondering, too, just because recent conversations in, like, social media and generally that, um, you know, for casting purposes, that a lot of times it's, like, not people that actually have those disabilities. But this show, one of the previous episodes we talked about, there was that girl... Progeria, that, girl at yeah, Progeria. Right. Yeah. So I wondered, and I didn't do the research, but I wondered if... Uh, I don't think that actor... Ha- was I quadriplegic. But I don't think the main guy is because mm-hmm. we see him walking around. Right. But I, th- I, th- I bet some of the other actors in mm-hmm. that scene with the meeting mm-hmm. were uh, people who weren't enhanced in um, special effect <laughs> ways. <laughs> yes. I'm sure there's a quicker way to say that. Yeah. Um, oh, the the meeting also had like really good lighting, like real good X Files lighting. Oh, like, yeah, this whole episode had really good X Files lighting. Yeah, and I also really liked all the water that was in it too. Like, yeah, that's right, a lot of water. Which is interesting because the next episode has like some water in it. That's also, right. but yeah. um, I wonder what that you know because she gets killed in a pool. The guy tries to kill himself in that a horrible way, yeah. therapeutic bath thing, and then at the end, it's like in a. Like where the all the boilers are or something. Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of water this episode. And I love what it does to Mulder's hair at the end. His hair is like all pushed down. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting is that someone specifically... Uh, so, you know, I've been going on the message boards. And for whatever reason, these ones, these months aren't archived. archived. They come back like middle of December, I checked. Mm-hmm. They come back. But there's a lot from what I've found... I'll, talk about it a little bit later there's not too much unfortunately but there is a lot of talk of Mulder's hair interesting as there should be always I mean he's great great hair um I also like that that dynamic that Rappo who's the main bad guy Mm -hmm. and Roach who's sex in the city when you see that you know that Roach is not gonna end up well oh not at all that that pairing never really works Mm -hmm. it's definitely like a George and Lenny or whatever. Yes. <laughs> you know, where you're like, oh boy. Oh boy. He's got ants in his drawers. He's not going to make it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I like that Scully was more motivated. Oh, Mulder's still like cracking wise in this one, which sometimes, like especially with this one, which is such a dark episode about such dark themes, it just doesn't fit sometimes. For sure. Yeah. Maybe maybe cool it on the jokes there, Mulder. <laughs> 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 they serve the country. You might want to. You're airing this on Veterans Day or like <laughs> <Right>. that week. <laughs> yeah. Cool it on the jokes. Cool it. Um, that audio, the scary audio tape stuff, I've seen it in a ton of horror movies, but I thought this one was actually pretty scary. Yeah, it was very creepy. Yeah. And I love getting to see, because of when the show was made, so many um, answering machines. Yeah. <laughs> like I forgot how much they used to factor into my life. Yeah. Like I, you know. That's not even a thing anymore. No. Like, at all. Not, a, not at all. I remember when we got our first answering machine, we got it pretty late. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen, like, small audio tapes. Mm-hmm. I'd only seen big ones. Small ones are so much cuter. They're so tiny. Yeah. It's so great when something's tiny. Yeah. You know? Big things made tiny is pretty much great. It's the best. Yeah. Micro machines, that's their whole, it's their whole thing. I mean, 
at hotels, shampoo bottles. <laughs> I, yeah. I love it when they don't change the design where it's just a big shampoo bottle yeah. compressed down. Or those little Coca-Cola bottles, right? Yeah, or like the airline liquors and stuff. Yeah. Oh, God, I love those. <laughs> yeah, it's have pretty. Have you seen the tiny Crystal Skull vodka ones? I think that's my favorite. I have seen It's just like a them. tiny Crystal Skull. Yeah, I have seen them. It's like a baby that died. <laughs> this one's a baby skull. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, that that pool scene, the, that whole sequence is so good because you see her, then you see the second shadow. Mm-hmm. It looks great. It looks awesome. I mean, it looks like a movie. It looks and like something out of a movie. Like not a, a good movie. way to die. Oh, and then I think it's Scully that says it to the general guy that you're talking about from Six Feet Under, where she's like, "I'm truly sorry." Mm-hmm. That was a good, like, empathetic moment from her. Where For she's sure. Not just being shitty, like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, right. hey, I'm sorry. I know you Oh, like hey, you're stuff. a person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, hey, you're a person. Um. Oh, he says that my phone machine went all snaky again. <laughs> is snaky a word? I don't know. Do you remember him saying that? Yeah, my phone machine went all snaky again. What does snaky I mean? I wonder if that's some sort of, like, you know, military speak, snaky. Like it went like snap, like it went like fubar. Yeah, fugazi. It went fugazi. <laughs> well, it I went Benghazi. To, yeah, I used to skateboard, and we used to say, "Oh, that guy snaked me." If somebody cuts you off, like at a park, a uh, skate park, or something, and it's frowned upon. Yeah, it's like frowned upon because there's when you go to a skate park, there's just like an agreement that everybody reaches of who's gonna go next. You know, it's very yeah. bizarre and weird. Like keep you the just, lanes clear. You just yeah. Figure it out. Everybody pays attention. And then, you know, sometimes people will be jerks and snake you. It's like yeah. getting bumped at a show where you're like, what? Yeah. Or <laughs> so like, I wonder if it's something like that. I know it as like um, uh, a video game arcade etiquette. Oh, yeah. It was like you put the quarters on the screen, you're next. Everybody's yeah. quarter looks the same, but you know who's next. Yeah. Yeah. You saw that. You look around as you put the quarter down. Yeah. Like, all I just, right. <laughs> I got next. <laughs> it's like a tip jar. Yeah. Did you see me put this in there? But that your sense snake makes sense, I guess, because they're like cutting in front of you yeah. like a slithering like a snake? around like a snake. Yeah, <laughs> snakes are known for cutting in line. <laughs> Very serpentine. You know that. Whenever I'm at a Starbucks and a snake walks, and I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. He's going to cut me. <laughs> yeah. And have you ever seen a snake on caffeine? It's terrible. Oh, nobody wants that. <laughs> the fact that snakes exist is crazy. It is crazy if to me. If we didn't have snakes and then today they discovered snakes, we'd be like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? And I always wonder, too, about snakes. I mean, hey, when they see their tail, are they like, that's my tail? Or do they just go, well, there's more of me? Oh, what do you Because mean? they're just all tail. It's just one big it's tail. It's just all one tail and then a head <laughs> on, on a tail. Yeah. So do they do they think they have different parts of themselves or do they just see... I mean, I know that their brain is too small to even process this information, but I think it's an interesting thought. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I think their only thought is like, kill. Yeah. Let's murder more things while looking fucking badass. Let me unhinge my jaw. Yeah, I think they have like... Well, they're like, that's the tail part of my tail. This is the stomach part of my tail. That's what I mean. This you know, because like I feel my like tail. a dog knows like, oh, there's an itch on my tail and it goes to its tail yeah, but yeah, like yeah. a snake there it's just all one also they have forked tongues on top of everything else <laughs> right. you're already a nightmare thing yeah you don't also need snake eyes and yes. a forked tongue if it just had normal hum- well human eyes would be horrible <laughs> but like <laughs> a snake with human eyes nobody wants oh. that you know in- please photoshop that and send them to both <laughs> indian culture uh, there's a lot of movies I used to watch. There's a, I think it's called Noggin is one of the big movies. But that's a thing. It's like snakes who turn into women. Oh. Not dudes, women. And then, you know, re- get revenge on people and stuff. That's like a big, like, um, 
I don't want to say urban legend, but that's like a lore. That's mm-hmm. like a story you hear a lot. And there's a lot of horror movies about snakes turning into women. <laughs> have you ever uh, seen... No, this is the last thing I'll say about snakes, but I've seen this like photo or gif going around lately about like what snake venom actually does to your blood. Yeah, I don't... Where they it? just like put it... You know how they like take their fangs and stick them through yeah. like latex into a mason jar full of blood? It just turns solid. Really? Yes, it just turns the it coagulates the blood and it just goes thump into like a brick. They have so that's s- how it kills you, that your blood turns solid in your body. They have so much going for them, because <laughs> e- all things that look like that are evil. Because eels have electricity, like yes. that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, all right, so back to the show. Uh, what uh, I thought the, the the mom is like. The kid just plays with army toys. I thought that was weird. Wouldn't you want to like get <laughs> yeah. away from that? Maybe some building toys or yeah, you know, doctor's toys or dolls, anything. Yeah, literally. Anything. Like I don't play with, I don't play comedian video games. <laughs> I don't play video games where I'm podcasting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like that soldier should not be smoking. Smoking kills. Yeah. That's why that kid got killed because he was like, mm, I'm going to take a smoke break and not look at him. Well, the, his whole reason for being there is to protect the kid right that's Just the whole reason have you're a there. S- smoke while you're looking at him yeah <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, I understand if he didn't do that then the story wouldn't work but smoke secondhand smoke is gonna kill this kid way slower than the than the thing that killed him. than the demon thing <laughs> yeah. yeah um oh i for whatever reason that part when they're like um Rappo when he's when he starts bleeding when they're like putting the needle in him or mm-hmm. whatever that really bugged me yeah it, it was really it was really really off-putting um and i i thought that the name of the title kind of gave it away like the walk, the walk yeah because i sort of guessed from the beginning i knew that what was going mm-hmm. on that this, this was the guy if they didn't name it that i think it would be a better reveal i wonder what else it could have been named um the Hot. Projected loser. <laughs> Projected loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, the sandbox scene are uh, really, really good. He's eight. Trevor is eight, and he dies. By the way. Also, not enough kids named Trevor. Not enough kids. Well, one less now. <laughs> yeah. Um, always rich kids named Trevor. Yeah, they're always yeah, ripped. Always rich. Um. Uh, Mulder's car- carrying around the dental x-ray plate. I like that Mulder just has them around. I know. He's like, I think this kiss well, is going to need this. Uh, hang on. Yeah, where do you get it? You don't You don't have Amazon. Yeah. I Does he just go to his dentist and is like, I need some more of those plates They're again? Like, yeah, Mulder fucking sure. Mulder. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I, you Every- know, I actually use these <laughs> for real stuff. For real cool stuff. Yeah, <laughs> actual stuff. And also, where did he get them developed? I mean, do they have that technology at the FBI to get dental plates developed? Or does he just drop them off at, like, the photo hut? The photo <laughs> hut. I don't know. Is it just that they show up on the thing? Like, whatever it is just shows up and you can just see it, maybe? You well, don't I feel like it, has to, it still has to be developed, though. You think so? Yeah. Because radiation affects film... And you don't see it until it's developed. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Because that's what you can't put film through if you're traveling with a camera. You have to like show them. Yes. And they'll check it, and then they don't run it through the machine. Yeah. Huh. Okay. 
I don't know. I, I, I want to know funny. the science. He <laughs> just goes to like a Rite Aid. <laughs> yeah, and like, either oh, way. This guy's here again. Um, I thought this line was good. The, it's insane. Sometimes the only response to an insane world is insanity. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good line. I thought the mom really jumps the gun on putting away the kids' toys. Like she's putting them away like right away. That day. That same day. day. Same day. Yeah. Same yeah. day. Pretty intense. Um, I thought that the, that guy, the the bad guy, is a dick 24-7 because they're like Leonard Trimble and he's like, no, it's Fred Astaire. Yeah. He's just a dick all like, the time. come on. I mean, it's a terrible situation. Yeah. And then when Mulder says to him, no sleepwalking, that's a real dick move, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I also do like, though, you don't really see a lot of people in movies in wheelchairs who are assholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas Chainsaw, the original Texas Chainsaw, has like a guy who's a dick who's in a wheelchair. Sometimes we have this thing where like if they're in a wheelchair, they're like movies make them noble and stuff. I yeah. like seeing a guy who's like pissed off about being in a wheelchair. Yeah. You don't see it that much. Yeah, you're right. That's a great point. There's something else coming to mind, but I can't remember what it is. So. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, yeah, he says, you stayed at home and watched the war on cable TV like it was a damn video game. You don't watch video games, you play them. But yeah. I, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I, li- I like that whole thing, the disconnect of like the war is going on over there. And we can just basically, the idea that a war does not affect people's daily lives is so new and so crazy. Yeah, and that it is never here and we think we can just understand it. Yeah. Like at all. <laughs> you know, somebody that's been at war. And then it's so like here, they're so sanitized what they show, the footage they show of war. Like I remember in Pakistan, they would show stuff on the news that was like super graphic mm-hmm. and not in an exploitative kind of way. Right. And now like this is what violence looks like kind right. of way, you know. So unfortunately. This is what's actually happening. This is what's actually happening. You don't see that stuff here. If you look at the like BBC and stuff, you'll see footage that's a lot more gruesome. And, you know, that's I think obviously not in an exploitative way but there is something important about that i think oh i totally agree with you that's why war photography is so important absolutely yeah i used to always have this argument with my mom because she's very sensitive and um easily just easily like hurt by things that she sees like animals killing each other and stuff and I would always say, like, if that person didn't take the photograph, she'd say, like, why aren't they helping? And I'm like, yeah. they are helping by taking that photograph and being a witness to something that we otherwise wouldn't know was happening. Right. If we didn't see a photograph of it because anybody can tell you whatever they want. And photographs, it's all in the moment. You know, yeah. like everything you never know, but it is at least a record of some kind yeah. that you're seeing somebody go through something. Yeah. There's a documentary, I forget what it's called, about a war photographer. I think the name, it's the name of the guy and then war journalist. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be really good. I want to see it, but it just seems like, it just seems like difficult to watch. You know, yeah, he says, you got your crude oil, you just changed the channel. Oh my God. Like, this is stuff going on today, too. I know, it's still, it's a, what, like 30 or 40 year war, basically? Yeah, I do like th- that conversation they have. I like that even though he's a dick, he has good points. And you oh, sort of see things yeah. from his perspective, even though he's like sort of an uh, unrelenting dick. I mean, maybe the people he needs to take it out on are not necessarily the people he's actually taking it out on. <laughs> like other soldiers that went through a similar thing yeah, and just happened to not have the same outcome. Like maybe... I'm not advocating any violence, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, maybe use that astral projection to show people things or something. I yeah. don't, you know, instead of like terrorizing the people that are still around you that yeah, you fought with. 
Yeah, it's like when I I've seen comedians when there's a small crowd, they get angry at the crowd. I'm right. like, These are the people who They're showed up here. <laughs> They're the only ones you shouldn't be angry at. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else in the world you should be angry at. Um, yeah, I like that the general. What if starts- the whole world showed up for your comedy show once? Be. <laughs> I and think I would like, bomb. You'd be like, uh, uh oh, everybody's here. <laughs> and then they'd go, hello. You'd say hello. And then they'd clap for two days. And then yeah. you could tell your next joke. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. Literally everyone. Thanks for coming out. Everybody. <laughs> Every human. <laughs> I think, I mean, I would bomb because that's mm-hmm. not my audience. Sure. I think my demo would be, such a small percentage of that. Yeah, the people in the front row. Your people in the front <laughs> row. Get my parents out of there. Get sure. everyone that's like my parents' demo out of there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get all the non-English speakers out of there. Not in a bad way. I sure, just, sure, sure. If they don't speak English, they're not going to get these jokes. Right. Maybe, yeah. You you have like translators. Mm-hmm. And it'll be pretty great. <laughs> um, This was, I thought... Um, when he gets like, I, I always thought it'd be funny if like, you know, when these people get like ghost calls and the ghost talking backwards in this, like if they try and talk backwards to like <laughs> try and have a conversation <laughs> with the ghost. Uh, I want to see that scene. Um, this was the best of all the X-Files ghost episodes. This is the one I uh, like the most. Some of the other ones, it's hard because they try, like, the list was a ghost episode, which is just before this. And in that one, they try and explain it too much, where it's like, this guy read so many books that now he can, he's a ghost. In this <laughs> one, I like that they don't, it really, that is literally wow. the dis, the explanation. He read himself to death? He read himself to ghost him. No, he gets oh. killed by, <laughs> I see how you could take <laughs> it like that. He was on death row. Okay. Wrongly. Okay. Convicted. And so he's going to, he starts reading philosophy books and like religion books. So he learns all the religions. And because he learns all the religions, he, when he dies, he can come back as a ghost. And he's very confident about it. Okay. He's like, I am going to come back. I have a list of five people. I think I got this. I've read Buddhism wow. and Islam. I got it all. But in this one, I like that they don't really try and explain it too much. Like, yeah, he's like, just he, able to do it. He can do it. You know, he saw things. Now he can do this. It's fine. So this is my favorite of those kinds of episodes because the problem with a lot of ghost episodes is like anything sort of goes. Like there's no real rules. This one I thought was a good balance of like, not believable, obviously, but it, it's something that sort of made sense to me. When he says, uh, the general says, who are you? And he says, one of your boys, general. I like that. It was like, oh, the general doesn't even know who his people are. Right. It's just like a sea of just dudes. Just so many people. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he would be like, oh, it's Rappo. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't fucking know who nope, he's he doesn't remember. sending out there. Yeah. Yeah. I th- for, for whatever reason, I don't know if that moment was supposed to have that effect, but it was really like... It really got me that moment that he didn't know. Uh, you're going to suffer like the rest of us. Uh, oh, and he says he wanted me to kill him. I stood down. That was stood down. I always like that. I like army speak. Yeah, stood down is a good one. Are you f- anybody in your family from the army? My my grandfather was in the army. Oh, yeah. My um, <clears throat> my grandfather was in the army. He was yeah. in World War Two and he was a, a photographer. Oh, really? I don't know that he, like, saw a ton of action or anything, but yeah. he was out of the country okay. during you, World War II. You see he his was in France photos, and, and it's just pictures of, like, cool pictures of mugs <laughs> yeah, like that you would see stuff. in, like, a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would you? Right. <laughs> just 
I do have a really awesome photo of him with like his unit with um Bob Hope. Bob Hope which is oh, super cool. He performed. Yeah, he performed for them. And my aunt, his daughter, uh a couple years ago, well, a while he's he's been gone for a while a long time now, but for his birthday she sent it away to get it signed by Bob Hope. And obviously this is a while ago because Bob Hope's been also been gone. Also been gone for a while. And my aunt's name, which I won't say, is a, like a traditionally a man's name. Well, I'll say her first name. Her first name is Dale. Okay. And she's named after a man, but who cares? I think it's an awesome name for a woman. Yeah, and, I've, I know women named Dale. Yeah, and because she sent that for him, unfortunately, Bob Hope signed it to Dale. Oh, no. <laughs> but still, it's still... And you your know, grandfather's name isn't close to Dale. No. Like you can't add letters His grandfather's in. name was Damon. My grandfather's name was Damon, so it's kind of close, but also it's like, well... No. L, you can't turn an L into an M. You can't turn an M into... Yeah. Yeah. That's a fool's errand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. <laughs> Just a big M. <laughs> yeah. But your grandfather understood, right? Yeah, he was he was fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was like, the effort was great. I really... I mean, the fact that Bob Hope saw that photo, even if he just glanced at it, I think is so pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um, and then I have a best friend that uh, I don't think he's active anymore, but he was in Afghanistan. Then. Okay. Yeah. He had yeah. a lot of stuff happen. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> is he okay? Uh, I think so. I think it's still hard for him, though. Yeah. I mean, this episode and the next one really gets to past trauma and how it yeah. changes people and just stays with you different kinds of trauma but still very very traumatic for sure uh this one it shows like i really i like war stuff but i also like more of the war like the, the aftermath of the war stuff i think that stuff is really uh it's valuable but i also think it's it's interesting you know they were saying that there's a new uh, there was this rolling stone article there were these two veterans who were just going around killing people and it didn't become a big story and they killed, they would just drive around and just shoot people using ATMs and stuff. Yikes. And uh, they'd seen like horrible stuff in the war and it changed them and they, it, I don't know why it didn't become a big deal but look it up, Rolling Stone did like a huge long article on it. It's really interesting. It was like close to this army base. But they were saying that they, this, the doctor, the psychiatrist who's trying to get a new kind of um, psychiatric disorder named that he says where it's specifically for people who've seen horrible stuff in war and it's about, and it's not that they become bad, it's that they start, they they know right from wrong, but they stop seeing themselves as people who can affect mm. uh, good or bad. So they don't, they, they, they don't see themselves as being agents of morality in any way. So then even though they know it's wrong, they don't think they could do anything about it like they don't see themselves as moral beings anymore right. and basically then they just go you know do horrible stuff and it, it i think that stuff is interesting and this episode really like talks a lot about that when the guys are sleeping they're trying to wake him up just i mean you gotta be able to wake him up somehow right <laughs> yeah. it's not that hard to wake someone up yeah no it's not i sleepwalk and i get woken up yeah so I, it's you know i sleepwalk i used to more do you what do you do when you sleepwalk I have we talked about this before um no i don't know <laughs> i i sleepwalk more when i'm out of town i think mm -hmm. when i'm uncomfortable when i'm stressed i sleepwalk i yeah. have still like i'll get up and run around emily will be like go back to sleep um i'll sort of remember the scary stuff i remember once i was in college i woke up and 
the fan was off and I was like, that's weird. I, the fan was on and then I looked and my door was wide open and I looked down and I was wearing shoes. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah, that's terrifying. One time I saw a horror movie and I tried to strangle my aunt in my sleep. Oh, my God. So <laughs> wowzer. Yeah. Uh, what kind of stuff do you do? Uh, nowadays I kind of just get up and stand there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> very just, like, creepy. Paralyzed. Yeah. And then that that's most of it. Sometimes I'll walk to my kitchen. Okay. Usually in, it doesn't matter where every apartment I would just get up and go to the kitchen. Okay. And just kind you know of the kitchen. I just like go to the, the kitchen. But you don't I eat. think because I think I'm waking up, but I'm not awake. Okay. You know, like I need to start the coffee or something. But when I was a kid, I would do it all the time when I was a kid. I still do it all the time. And I would get up and talk to people. Like I had a best friend whose house I would stay at all the time and her door had a hole in it down at the bottom, like from the door swinging open and hitting uh-huh. the doorstop thing. And one night I got up and got on all fours and looked at the tiny hole in the door and was just like, we got to go get the ball. We lost the ball. And she was like, what? I mean, we were eight years old. I yeah. probably terrified her. Ball was your highest priority. <laughs> yeah. We got to go get the ball. This is the stuff that would stress you out when yeah, you were a kid. Yeah, it's so stressful. The I would sometimes remember what nightmares I had. And the scariest one I remember, this was when I was a kid, was a little, it scared me so much. I don't know why. It was a little scorpion chasing me. But instead of a stinger, it had a little like tennis racket. <laughs> and it would like whack me with a tennis racket. <laughs> oh, man. But it was fucking very, very scary. Yeah. Sometimes it's not the thing that's happening. It's what the thing looks like and the fact that it even exists. Yeah. That you're like, ah, how did I even think about this? One nightmare I've had a lot is I eat chocolate and there's like huge life bugs in it. Ugh. That one's real bad. Um, uh, I didn't like the VO at the end. Those better angels of our nature. I thought that was a little heavy handed. And then I found on Darren Mooney's The Movie Blog, which I've talked about a lot, he found the original, they had to like censor a lot of the VO at the end because it, it was too controversial. Here's the original VO and you'll see it's a lot more direct. Leonard Trimble was a casualty of the Gulf War. A victim of friendly fire, the wounds of war, however, can go beyond the physical and mental injuries of battle. There was a spiritual toll on the combatants, the attack against the psyche that leaves in its wake only bitterness and anger. It was war that destroyed Leonard Trimble's body and released his phantom soul. And it was war that destroyed those parts of himself that make us civilized human beings, those better angels of our nature. I think that that's a much better version and way more intense and direct. For sure. For sure. And it's a, I have to say, it's a terrible phrase, friendly fire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's no good. Nothing friendly about it. No. No. (laughs) The word friend should not be in there. Not at all. Um, Is there anything else you want to say before we move on to the next one? No, I think I'm good. Uh, I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I liked it. The next one, Oubliette, which is based... Oubliette is a French prison where you put people and just forget about them. <laughs> That's terrifying. Horrifying. Horrifying <laughs> that it exists and that there's a word for it. Um, so it's a prison, not like an asylum? It's a dungeon. <laughs> so it would be like back in, you know... God. <laughs> olden days. Yeah. Which reminds me, not to go back to the walk, but that scene when they leave Stanford Blanche in the cell... When the guy's just like, shut up, and then walks away. I'm oh. like, why is this the methodology that you would take? to? I feel like you should have to stand there Yeah, to make sure he's okay. You know shit's going down. <laughs> yeah. Horrible stuff is yeah, happening. Don't yeah, don't walk away. Anyway, that, I hate I, that stuff. That just one. reminded me. It really bugs me. Uh, this episode, Jewel State, do, do, you ever, do, you, do you watch Firefly? I don't. Uh, she's one of the main characters of Firefly. Oh, okay. She plays Kaylee, the mechanic. She's awesome on it. She's awesome. And this, she's the little girl who gets kidnapped. Oh, okay. 
This is a really, really scary, creepy episode. It's super terrifying. I mean, I don't know how they got away with with it, but in the beginning when he's the, taking pictures, the creepy guy, and he's just like running her his finger, he's fingering her picture. It's Yeah, it's super creepy. So intense. And that guy, again, great casting. That guy's great. He's been in like everything. Also, people who take pictures of at these things just creepier yeah, across they're the all board terrible. <laughs> yeah. there was a guy that took school photos at my school that then was like arrested for child molestation really yes they're across the board all the creepy. time a girl's missing go look for that guy yeah if, if there was like a photographer there in the last month that's the guy yep yeah really, really. maybe we should only have women photographing kids <laughs> yeah for schools <laughs> i think that's a pretty good like rule of thumb yeah not that women aren't capable of terrible things right right it's right just, listen uh, on the we're whole. feminist we believe women can do horrible things <laughs> yeah. uh exactly um but uh i i don't know and then when he's like cutting her picture yeah and he's like looks like he's having an orgasm or yeah, something he, yeah and then he f- does the rudimentary Photoshop. Doesn't look like they're next to each other at all. No, not one. The one's f- head is much bigger. Yeah. Terrible work. Terrible job. Um, but that guy, really good It looks casting. like a Dadaist collage when he's done with it. Yeah. <laughs> no good. Just a grade A creep. <laughs> Heavy breathing. Uh, yeah. Oh, and he says nobody's going to spoil us. Ugh. Just a really, really like brutal phrase. I don't, I mean, it's interesting that they were able to like, I feel like, I guess I don't watch like CSI or Bones or these shows that are like actually that get to be like pretty brutal sometimes. Whenever I watch one like on a plane, I'm always like blown away by the kind of shit they're doing. It's like really, it's interesting that you say that because I just realized like this was an episode that was creepy without feeling exploitive or like there's some sort of pleasure in watching this happen like they they rode the line of this being terrible yeah and it being a story um and not focusing so much on like the torture aspect or the dungeon at you know just like yeah. all that stuff where whereas i feel like yeah with csi and law and order and stuff yeah. especially svu and I, I don't know it's just like weird like i, I this They're is like not, fetishized. This is, yeah, fetishize it. That's the word I'm looking for. It's interesting. Darren Mooney, again, in the movie blog, pointed this out. I hadn't thought of it, but he's right, is that um, most of those shows, the difference is they'll focus on the perpetrator. They'll focus mm-hmm. on the murderer, right. his methodology, why he is the way he is on the serial killer. This one is more about the victims. Yes. It's not really about that guy at all. Right. You know, yeah. he's a creep, but we don't get into why he likes to take pictures, why he likes to keep him in a dark room, all this stuff. It's really not about him. And Darren Winnie points this out. At the end, he's just sort of discarded, lying face down in the river. Right. And it's more about the two girls, you yes. know? And I didn't realize so many of them, so many of these movies and stuff about serial killers and these guys are about the serial killers, not about the victims. Like, yeah. Um, Science of the Lambs, which I love, you know nothing about that girl in the pit. And the whole no. movie's about her, but it, it's more about Buffalo Bill. It right. should be about her. Quite a bit of it should be about her. <laughs> sure, yeah. But no one gives do a you, shit. Do you think that the Silence of the Lambs was like a turning point for that? Oh, maybe. Um, I'm trying to think what was on before it. I feel like that, must, that was when, that was like a huge mainstream serial killer movie. Yeah. And then it... I guess maybe it ultimately led to, you know, what people call torture porn and stuff, which is like all these, I guess it's died a little bit now, but it seems like in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, there was, there were like so many movies that were just exploiting like torture and stuff. Yeah. 
it's just con- and now it's just in TV. <laughs> now it's just in TV. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's really impressive the kind of stuff that they can that they show and do. E- even and even shows like I used to watch a lot of NCIS when I would go home because my family like loved it. Is that it. the Navy one? Yeah, that's the Navy one. That's like the biggest show on television because it's on <laughs> CBS. But like even that would get really close to some really creepy stuff. Yeah. And it's like a popular show with like I mean like my grandmother watched it. Yeah. You know, and I would be like, should she? Be watching this yeah i mean she's lived a long time does she need to think about this right now (laughs) i feel like she's thought about a lot and like she just needs jeopardy or something this doesn't need to be in there not that yeah (laughs) she's thought about a lot she's had a lot in that brain and probably a lot of terrible stuff like does she really need to think about like serial killers that force baby food down their killer you know just like weird stuff just everything is weird well i thought in this one it's interesting that you bring that up because all the other shows get so explicit and this one the creepiest scene the scariest scene is just her taking pictures of her and it's really tough to watch but he's not doing anything physically to her and it's or when he gives her that water it's pretty understated it's really creepy and disgusting and you just realize like oh god that would be terrible yeah this has to be terrible yeah and you're gonna actually have empathy for the victim instead of it being like Oh. Yeah, like you're saying, like you're through the eyes of the killer. Right. The whole episode is about being through the eyes of the victim. It, it really so is exactly. Rarely, like see that experience. Yeah, this episode is really, really about empathy. It's about the older victim empathizing with the younger victim. It's about Mulder empathizing with the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, this clearly is Mulder's episode. This mm-hmm. is the episode when Mulder really, really uh, gets connected. You know, he, 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 he really um, identifies... He doesn't identify with the victim, but he like sort of gets it, and he's really, really. Uh, he comes off looking great, Scully. Not as great. <laughs> not as great. There's a part where she says, Mulder says, "Yeah," and she really like turned it around, or like really like did a pretty good job with what she had. And Scully goes, "Well, not by most standards," <laughs> like which is like such a shitty thing for her to say. Yeah. Um, and her like. I know, you know, when she bleeds the blood, it's a different blood in Scully's science and stuff, but there's just something icky about, like, blaming the victim. Totally. Kind of thing. And there's. But I also applaud them for including it and not pretending like that's something we don't do. Like, yeah. the FBI being like, well, she's got to be involved. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Honestly, why would a woman. I mean, there is Stockholm Syndrome, and that is a thing that happens that, you know, like women that are abused then help their abusers and stuff. But clearly, this woman has been away from this person. Yeah. For since that happened and since she got out. So, like, why in the hell? That is just as implausible specifically to this situation. <laughs> yes. Not to any real real life situations when it does happen, but specifically this situation that is just as implausible as her bleeding someone else's blood. Yes. You know, they're like equally crazy just what, on opposite sides of the spectrum. What a bummer for her, Lucy, where she was with this guy for so long and then she escaped and then for years she's been away, but not really. She's still linked to it. Yeah. And now she's literally going through the same stuff again. Yeah. That she's been trying to escape. I mean, she lives in a halfway house. It's yeah. just like pretty bleak and unrelenting the whole way. And and then she has to like go through it again. Yeah. And it's it's... I thought in this one, like... So much of Mulder is trying to convince her to help. Um, and usually that kind of stuff feels like, oh, we need to do an hour-long show so we can't just have her be on board. But in this one, it makes sense, which she's just trying to deny it and get away from it. It makes sense that she's like, I want fucking nothing to do with right. this. And then when she slowly comes around, um, that character sort of arc really made sense to me. And then as soon as she comes around, the FBI arrests her. Yeah. 
just really but it's brutal. a it's a really interesting i guess not metaphor would that be a metaphor for how that process actually works yeah <laughs> you know that like when you know specifically women are sexually abused but anyone that's sexually abused typically has that same response that they want to deny that it ever happened because yeah. it's a terrible experience they don't want to go through it again right. talking about it is going through it again yes and then you're usually demonized after that and you're questioned and nobody believes you i mean not many people believe you yeah it's you know the whole episode is really that you know it, i like these two together as two different versions of ptsd right you know one is somehow kind of more masculine but more military right. focused and then yes. the other one is you know domestic a little more specific to women yeah yeah i i hadn't even yeah that's exactly right because it is that you know but the unfortunate things of going through something like this is people not believing you and um that's basically what happens in this episode i mean i don't want to bring this up the bill cosby stuff well. that's so crazy and so so horrible but i've so many articles about like uh defending him and being like hey well let's you know let's make sure, sure that these women aren't lying like mm -hmm. why is that your first but how instinct? do you know he's not lying yeah it's one yeah. guy lying versus like 20 people lying right. with the same exact specifically lie. 20 women lying you 20 know, like, women lying with the same stories right very similar stories that they have zero to gain because yeah. the statute of limitations has already passed and we still don't believe them. Yeah. People still don't believe them. And I do appreciate the inclusion of like Scully not believing her because women do it too. Yeah. Women don't believe other women because, oh, she just wants to, you know, it's just really insidious and yeah. terrible. I, this, that's what makes this episode. I, you know, when I started watching it, I didn't think it was going to get as heavy as it did. Me neither. Because you never know. You just... You know, there's so many ep there's episodes you remember and there's, uh, there's episodes you forget. And a lot of the ones I forget are ones that sort of aren't that heavy. They're mm -hmm. just kind of light. X-Files, something crazy happens, they do it. Both these episodes really get at some pretty heavy stuff. And I, spe specifically this one, I wasn't ready. I was just like, all right, let's watch an X-Files. And it's like right from <laughs> yeah. the beginning, he's like fingering the picture. Like yeah. he's, I was like, oh no, what is what, this? Yeah. Is, this is I, be like you said one. before, anytime you see school photos propping, like yeah. coming up, like, oh, this is going to be terrible. Any cold open with a school with photographer. School don't, don't, yeah, just a, just a bunch of creeps. Um, there was... Oh, an interesting... Wait, were there photographs? No, that was the astral projection. I was going to say, interesting that these both had photographs playing, but they didn't. We were just talking about photographs. Uh, right, Like right, the right. power of photographs. Right, previously. right, right. That's exactly right. Uh, there's one point where Scully says that's spooky. She should just not use the S word around Mulder <laughs> anymore because he's yeah. going to have a quip at the ready. Yeah. Don't use the word spooky. Yeah, don't. That word is done. You're just... It's a T-ball for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's looking for something and yeah. you're just now... Now you're just giving it to him. That girl was kidnapped for five years. Lucy was. Unbelievable. And Brutal. the thing that really stuck in my mind and in my heart really was when he said um she was like so photosensitive when she was found because yeah. she'd been in the dark for so long yeah Ugh. yeah it's <laughs> That's no terrifying and it unfortunately reminds me of the real thing that happened in cleveland how many ever years ago that was two or three years ago oh yeah that, that man one. was keeping women in the basement and yeah which is basically this yeah it is basically this and this one is actually more specifically based on a specific 
kidnapping and murder that happened. Um, I don't think they came out and said that it was specifically based on that, but her name's Paula something. She was 12. And you know how this girl is kidnapped while her sister's there? They were at a slumber party, and there were a lot of other young girls there. And this guy took her, and um, and then she was found dead. And that became like a huge like case in the media. And so this comes out a couple years. This comes out a couple years after that. And so the apparently Fox was very very scared of this episode. He really <laughs> wanted them to. I can. Totally yeah, I mean, understand that. Yeah, <laughs> I thought what was interesting. I think you you, you mentioned it uh, briefly with her being in the dark and stuff. What the what this episode does a really good job of is you see her being kidnapped, and then you see the woman, you know, Lucy, who's now out, and you don't see the younger girl. You don't see Jewel State for a while. And that really works for me because I'm like, I want to see her. Is she okay? Is she okay? So just by keeping her off screen, it really builds so much tension. It's this black box and you don't know what's going on. And you see the aftermath of where this little girl could end up. It could end up like her. I thought that there there was such a powerful thing that they do where they show a picture of her before she was ever kidnapped and she looks so young and innocent. And now you see her and she's like, she's broken. She's a mess, unfortunately. And um and so the whole time you're so concerned for Jewel State. I don't I don't know her real name. I think it's Amy. You're so concerned for her because you've seen like the worst case scenario of this, and you don't see her for a long time. Right. And then it also does a good job. You, you mentioned the, the the darkness, the photosensitivity. There's a big sequence where you're in the dark in the dungeon there, and then when you come back into the light, it's like this respite. It's like you can breathe again. This episode is really directed really well. The pacing is really good in that kind of way where they sort of keep you in bed and then they give you a little bit of light or they keep you in the dark. Like It, it does a really good job of yeah. uh, sort of uh, being very thoughtful about what they show and when they show it. Yeah, and then and not being that torture porn of like having to see every moment for that to be the terrifying thing. Cause yeah. It, I've always thought it's more terrifying not to see something, yeah, and to have to think of it my in my own brain, of and course. Be, have to sit there with it, yeah. So like this is much more terrifying than yeah, watching the whole thing transpire and seeing a little bit. Yeah, there's that whole sequence where he's yelling at the AA guy, and she's in the trunk, and you don't mm-hmm. see her in the trunk, and you're just like, oh my god, she's in the fucking trunk. She's right I hope there. She's okay. Yeah. yeah, and you don't see it, and it just adds this. And tension. that dude offers a really good deal for it's changing an entire ten bucks. Come yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> I would pay, yeah, I mean, I'm not good. (laughs) But it also reminded me of, I don't know if you saw the episode, it's one of the uh, Dwayne Barry two-parter from last season where Scully's in the trunk, and I kept thinking of that. There's a guy who kidnaps Scully and she's in the trunk. That bad guy is much more sympathetic than this bad guy, but I kept like thinking of that, of Scully, and that also connected me more to the victim here, the kidnapping victim, because I love Scully and, you know, yeah. it sort of transfers a little bit. It, it was really, really well done. Um, and just, being in the trunk has always been uh, one of my top ten terrors. I mean, like, it's so great. It's, it's no good. So terrifying to be locked in a trunk and moving around. Oh, God, where are we going? <laughs> yeah, I've never been in a trunk. The only time it's interesting I liked it in a movie is in the movie Sneakers. I don't remember it because Robert Redford is um, kidnapped, and then they to like meet with somebody. I have I've only seen that movie like twice, okay. and it was when I was a kid, and I loved it, but I haven't seen it since. Emily loves it. Emily saw it recently. Yeah, it's like super fun. I think Stephen Tobolowsky is in it, which is great. 
but uh then that he like records it or something and i don't know it's it's really awesome there's a pretty good trunk scene in out of sight have you oh, seen yes. out of sight of course of course i mean yes. it's kind of crazy because he kidnaps her and then they fall in <laughs> fall right. in love which it's is like a little yeah it's a pretty quick stockholm syndrome but I, that's a really like that's like a fun scene in a trunk like they're kind of <laughs> yeah. flirting with each other right and jennifer lopez is so good in that movie yeah. I remember there's one part where they're flirting and she like looks back at him to talk to him and it just in that moment her looking back it just works so well it's <laughs> yeah. such a great it's movie it's a great movie I've seen the movie it's so super underrated I think yeah for sure I feel like nobody talks about it it's, it's a really good movie um, I always see whenever you're feeding like homeless people in the movies why are they always eating soup like they should right. get them a fucking burger even in no. like Groundhog Day which is Stop- Tobolowski yes uh, Ned Ryerson Ned Ryerson Needle Nose Ned yeah Needle Nose Ned Bing. it's a doozy <laughs> <laughs> that's such a perfect movie but in that one there's that amazing literally sequence. perfect movie yeah it really is <laughs> there's that amazing scene sequence where Bill Murray is trying to stop this right. homeless guy from dying and he but it's always he's always eating soup I'm like mm-hmm. they sh- they don't don't get him soup get him something get him something nice um, yeah, it's a long time that they keep her away from the camera, and then there's the picture scene, which I found very, very hard to watch. Like even physically, like mm-hmm. with my eyes, I found it very, very difficult to watch. And photographer keeps their victims in a dark room. I don't think I've seen that before. That's a yeah, no, that's a weird. It also would smell really bad. Yeah, <laughs> poor girl. I used to work in a dark room in college. So did I you? Really, yeah. What did you do? Did you develop stuff? Yeah, well, I was like running the studio. I had to maintain. I was like the photo tech or whatever. This is back when we actually used. Yeah, when you needed it. You know, back in the old times or yeah. whatever. And I went back there recently when I was home, and uh, the dark room now just has uh, printers in it. Oh. Yeah, 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 it was like my own little like Chrissy Hind moment of the, like, just they replaced they paved paradise and they put up some inkjet printers. That's a real. That's really, really funny. Yeah. Oh my god. It was really sad. Oh, whoa. so sad. <laughs> so sad. Um, that's not seems- as sad as this episode, though. No. So I, you know, I don't want to compete. Where Jewel State escapes. That's a really scary, very tense scene. Yeah. I found that one really hard to watch because the woods are so beautiful, and she's just been in this horrible place, and you know the guy's gonna catch her for sure. And she like, it's so rare that I watch TV. And really buy someone being hurt, but I really bought her being hurt. She's she really fell. good in this episode. Yeah, she's really great. I could feel my shoulder being popped. You yeah, know? just like oh, of course, because oh. she's been stuck in a basement. She can't see. She's probably atrophied to all get out. Yeah, and then she's running around in the wet, leafy woods. Of yeah, course, she pops the shoulder. She's not gonna. She's not gonna make it. Um, and she's got like a nightgown on. That's part of the creepy thing, too. <laughs> I don't like Night it. Nightgowns. Uh, people who don't know. I'm sure a lot of you have seen Firefly, but people who haven't. It's an amazing show. Don't watch the movie Serenity first. Watch the show, right. then watch the movie. Because the movie really resolves a lot of big questions from the show. Not all of them, but a lot of them. It does a pretty good job. But don't watch that first. Because you're going to love the movie, but it's going to be way better if you watch the show first. And she's really good in it. Um, I noticed here that there's a part where the, there's the blood and then Mulder says they're like where did the blood come from or the other girl's blood and Mulder goes she may have bled it Scully does this thing where she can roll her eyes without actually rolling her eyes now <laughs> yeah. she's gotten she's been doing it for three years yeah. she's so good at it where she like everything else in the face is eye roll except for the eyes right it's really pretty fucking amazing and she doesn't like I wonder if on set she's actually making like a 
Oh boy. That's what her face looks like. <laughs> they like take that out and post <laughs> oh, that would be really funny if every time she's asking, talking to Mulder she's making those sounds she, oh, uh, and, but they take them out and then they use them for the creepy voice messages yeah. uh, <laughs> that would be great if they're using Scully's groans <laughs> for like yeah creepy ghost messages um Oh, and Scully's such a dick in this one. She brings up the sister. Yeah. And he says, not everything I do and say and think and feel goes back to my sister. I found out, again, from the movie blog, that was improvised. Mulder came up with that line. Oh, you know, because it felt very real. It felt very real. When he said that, and I was like, oh, I completely relate to that. Yeah, and it's because obviously people aren't like, there's not one thing that makes a person who they are, you know? Obviously we see that in stories. Spider-Man became Spider-Man because his uncle got killed. Batman because Batman because his parents got killed. Um, But normal people are a lot more complex, and so this episode you see, I think the movie blog, he talks about this too, you see they're like, all right, we got to like make Mulder a little more complicated, add more things to it. At the end, it does come back to his sister in this episode. Sure. But but they're really making like, all right, so we've had this guy and he's been driven by this one specific event for two seasons. Now let's sort of make it more complicated. And I like Mulder when he's really, really sympathetic, when he's empathetic towards... There's a, I, we've talked about this a bunch on this show, but when he's holding Max Fennig... Um, a couple, you know, in last season or two seasons ago or whatever. And that's when Mulder, I think, is at his best. Not when he's, like, driven by this monolithic quest to find the truth with a capital T, but when he's, like, sort of just relating to people and trying to help one person. I think that's when I like Mulder. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I really love the ending of this. Yeah, she, like, <laughs> kind of sacrifices herself. Yeah, I love that, and I love that like how emotional he gets because i just realize wow i don't really see men doing this very often it's totally in a way the gender roles are swapped in this show because scully's the one who's like uh you know well we should go with science and Mulder's the more like touchy-feely kind of guy and traditionally in movies and tv you see the opposite for sure um and i love how he's like he's actually crying for her you yes. know, like he's actually crying for that woman because he like connected with her and cared about her and was trying to help her. Joe was just trying to fix it. And, and he, he does. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he's cr- he's crying because he failed or something like he's actually like the way he's touching That's your right. face and stuff like that. He's actually to me, it's it's the way you cry over somebody that you love that's died. Yeah. You know, and it. I, I that really touched me. Yeah. I haven't seen that in TV very often. And I didn't see I didn't see that sacrifice thing coming so it really hit me yeah with this woman who's like maybe this is the only way her life could have ended is like mm-hmm. this is giving her life for a younger girl like I mean, maybe that's the only way she could have really had any respite which yeah. is a really sad thought um Mulder descending into that scary basement is really scary. Did you did you think that it was going to be the older woman that he finds down there? Or was I mean, I was definitely like, "What the hell's happening?" At this yeah, point? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like a Silence of the Lambs, "Who's at what house?" Kind yes, of a thing. who's at what house? <laughs> exactly, that's a big Silence of the Lambs thing yeah. that X Files has used a few few times. Yeah, for the sure. The old "Who's at what the house?" Old who's knocking on what door? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I like the, the but I, I sort of got me that twist. I didn't see it coming and I really hated, like you said, everyone's being so shitty to her and she, but that then, then that forces her to confront her own past in a way right. that's very difficult to do. Um, 
I like that. Um, uh, that 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 has to happen, and then um, yeah, just this episode was just so sad. There's like a real like, I noticed that the officer that they left to take care to stay with Lucy was like really nerdy. I don't know why, but he just <laughs> oh, looked yeah. like a nerd. He totally did. Yeah. I also think like don't most officers of like any sort of law in any way know CPR? They really should. <laughs> If also, Scully gives like up on CPR so quickly. He's just like, ah, no, it's too late. Yeah. Party's over. But she is scientific, though. And I don't know if this is true, but, like, do you know this part's true? I mean, I don't know if this is true for the show that they meant to, like, describe this. But most doctors don't want any amount of life-saving procedures done for them because they know how bad it is for you. Why? Because they know how the like how bad... Like full on CPR and um, but doesn't that save your life? Yeah, but they the ch- the chance that you're saved and then brought back in a in a capacity that is much less than you were before. Really, the odds are really high. Yeah, yeah. People break get their ribs broken. Yes, really. It's like really bad for you. CPR because like you're supposed to die. <laughs> I know I'm getting really die? dark here, but <laughs> but like I wonder, you oh, know, if, what a nerd you're supposed to die. <laughs> if Scully was like kind of, you know, because yeah. you really can't like, you know, the whole movie thing of like somebody like doing the final like fist thing and the water comes. I mean, that's just movies, you know, like yeah. it never. Yeah, it's it's not that pretty. I don't know if someone in front of me is going. I'm doing it. I mean, give it a shot for yeah. sure. But I don't know how long you should be pumping on it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like she did have some. You know, some of it was. I noticed the but... scene where she, they go out to wade into the water to get her. Mm-hmm. Scully, it's just from the back, and it's Scully has completely different hair, and I think it's a person who's like sixty pounds heavier. <laughs> yeah. It's like a burly dude, <laughs> short burly dude in yeah. a Scully wig wading into the water. Julian Anderson was like, "I'm not getting into that cold ass yeah, water. I'm not doing this." <laughs> it is six in the morning in Vancouver. I'm not getting <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that must be the t- st- the tough stuff. I know the the guy the worst job in the police has to be the guy who has to get like the killer's body out. Did, if you see, it's just a side. It's just a guy like slowly waiting in to get the killer. It's yeah. just like really sad. Holding Nobody's sh- looking at him. He's holding the short straw. Yeah, he just- <laughs> he's literally <laughs> holding the short straw. <laughs> right, he's holding like the small part of a wishbone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As he's getting out. A tails up quarter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we came up with a lot of those. I'm very happy with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wrote down as it gets more popular, it's it's getting darker. Like, um, and the pics of her before she was taken when she's innocent. Like, it's so, so sad. Um, and then at the end, Scully's trying to make up to Mulder where she's like, you were part of that connection. Like, she's just like, listen, I know I've been a dick this whole episode. Um <laughs> Mulder's really good in this episode. Yeah. He's, he's, it's a really, really yeah, good... Yeah, and I did love that she said that, that she, like, gave him that back. You know, that yeah, she, no, like, she needed to. Knelt down and said, like, look, you did do this, and yeah. you should be, you know, whatever. It's not... It's really hard to hear, but... Yeah. You know, but, like, that is actually... That's what I liked about this episode. It's actually pretty truthful. Yeah. And it felt... Because, like, I just lost somebody in my life, and those parts of it 
felt really real yeah. to me. You know, those things are conversations that you have. You know, not everything relates to this or like yeah, it's not you story. Know, you were or part whatever. of this, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I, I really like that about I, this episode. I also like. I mean, this is a show where these two episodes are episodes. They're never going to be on top twenty list. They're not episodes that I've thought a lot about or considered classics. But they're really solid episodes that really both get at different kinds of trauma, as you said, and get at like really serious themes. And X-Files is a show that has the capacity to do that. It, the structure is there that you can do a lot of different kinds of things. And these are both really great, solid episodes, really, really good, that aren't even considered the best of the X-Files. Right. Their baseline is so much better than most oh, yeah. <laughs> other shows. Totally. Like, if these are like the, eh, I don't really care episodes, then... Yeah, exactly. It's a great show. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and by now, by season three, like, there's so few duds. Everyone I've watched, pretty much every episode I've watched has been, like, pretty, pretty good. Uh, This is what Darren Mooney says on his blog, and um, it's, uh, it's pretty good, and I hadn't really considered this. He says, the episode features a recurring peeping motif as characters stare through peepholes at things. Carl Wade's eyes peer at Amy Jacobs through a hole in the floor. Mulder uh, stares into Carl Wade's forest home through a peephole in the door. Mulder guides Lucy out of the basement and into the light. Carl Wade tries to capture Amy Jacob on film. These suggest limited or restricted views, as if to imply that nobody can see into anybody else's world completely. All we get are fleeting glimpses. There are, in too many cases, limits on empathy. Limits that Mulder and Lucy transcend. So um, I think that... I, I've. That was a pretty good description. Yeah, for uh, sure. I didn't notice the peepholes thing until he mentioned it. Yeah, and uh, framing is really yeah important in this episode too. Yeah, like this how is everyone a, is framed, and you can only see so much, like he's saying. Yeah, this is a really good episode. Here, I'm gonna just double check and make sure I know who directed this because this is John. Sh- sh- um, no, this is written by a guy who only wrote one episode of The X Files and actually hmm. goes on. It, Charles. Grant Craig and directed by Kim Manners who becomes a major X-Files episode mm. uh, director and then passed away recently but a pretty major X-Files. Is there anything else you want to say before I go to the message board? Yeah, I don't think so. So on the message boards, uh, again, we're in a dark period. I can only find a couple things here and there. I think in December it starts coming back. But people, I, this episode, what I found was, this is all I found is like people are kind of upset. They're like, where has the UFO government paranoia plot disappeared <laughs> to? These human oddity plots are good shows, but not the core of the show. Maybe the government conspiracy got to them. So it's interesting because this is the first show that I remember that's doing this like long story and then one-offs in the middle. And people are trying to figure out what the show is as they go. Now we know this is what the show is and we accept it. But there it was a new format and people are getting used to it and people are like I've gotten kind of sick of X-Files lately what did happen at the start of the season for some reason it doesn't seem to matter now um, people uh, and then people are defending it they're like the government conspiracy stuff gets a little tiresome too much like the old prisoner series lots of interesting ambiguities and a great sense of mystery but never any real resolution so this is even though these episodes are great and the one off the, um, the myth arc is really really good People are starting to get a little bit frustrated with it. Um, And then this is crazy. By the way, the Freaks Geek episode was so poorly written, I thought it was embarrassing, which is crazy. Humbug is one of the best episodes. (laughs) X-Files is always in pleasurable in a B-movie way, but this one really scraped bottom. And what was that with Duchovny's hair? (laughs) I don't know. They just don't know how good they've got it. They don't know how good they've got it. You know, because it's happening right then. Yeah, and they have to find some... Come and on. it's the internet. It's yeah. already becoming the internet, so people have to find negative stuff right. to say. They do notice that it's getting a lot gorier and darker. People mm-hmm. talk about that. I think that's like a really 
interesting choice that when it, they got more popular, they yeah. got darker. You yeah, know? they just went with it. Yeah, they just went for it. And a lot of people say, I think it's true, th- this is the show that leads to shows like CSI, those totally. sort of forensic procedurals and stuff. And, you know, those shows like you were saying. Yeah, I think really we actually like talked it. about it on yeah. an episode that I was on with, yeah, like, right. the... That's right. And autopsies then, and stuff. Because, like, yeah, I yeah. think you said that. You were like, we never saw autopsies before yeah. this show. No, every show is no, autopsies. Every show that, yeah, the show is autopsies. Yeah, <laughs> autopsy, <laughs> the TV show. Uh, I found Entertainment Weekly did this article about, oh, shit, I don't have the name of it. Oh, it's called Additional File Copies. And it's basically talking about now that X-Files is a big show, there's all these other shows coming out that are trying to rip off the X-Files. And they have a list of these shows I, oh I didn't man, hear I would love to hear these because I guarantee you I watched almost all of them. Because really? I watched so much TV okay. when I was a kid. <laughs> the evidence is in. Fox's paranormal obsessed drama, The X Files, is about to spawn more knockoffs than NBC's Friends. Remember when all the Friends <laughs> knockoffs yeah. were happening? Also, when Ellen, the sitcom, premiered, it was called These Friends of Mine. And it no. premiered the same t- season as Friends. And the opening sequence of the Ellen show, which was then her in just a got turned into. Water fountain? No, but th- a couch. Her yeah. and her her friends really? were like on a couch in the desert. Like it kept the like couch and the lamp were showing up in different places in the desert. So it was basically the same opening sequence, just wow. not New York. Like it was LA instead of New York. So then they had to change it. That's amazing. Anyway. Um, hordes of TV producers are preparing their own X-like projects. And why not? The American public has not shown any slack in its interest in good scary science fiction, says Kim LeMasters, president mm. of Stephen J. Canal, Canal. I don't know how they say his name, Productions. And here are the other ones. Visitors of the Night. Nope. This NBC TV movie stars Marky Post. Oh, man. As a woman with a close encounter in her past. The twist, her daughter, Full House's Candace Cameron. <laughs> this is a great TV cast. What a cast. Is also on the aliens' visitation list. Makes you wonder if these are the same aliens who abducted Mulder's sister. <laughs> so this one's like very specifically, yeah. clearly inspired by the X-Files. Um, Kindred the Embraced. Do you remember this show? That I've sounds very familiar. Talk about tough assignments in this hour-long Fox drama produced by Melrose Place czar Aaron Spelling, <laughs> a San Francisco cop, C. Thomas Howell, tries to chase down a supposed mob boss, young Catherine's Mark Frankel. I don't know what young Catherine is. Not knowing that the guy is really the head of the Kindred, several clans of vampires who are vying for power <laughs> over the city. This next one is one we've heard of. Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> Director James Burroughs have hatched, has hatched this. NBC sitcom starring John Lithgow is a physics professor who is actually the leader of an alien expedition. Also features Cohen has Jane Curtin as his love interest. Uh, uh, obviously, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is not mentioned yeah, here. Not- and he's the biggest star out of all of them. Yeah. It's crazy to think. I'd never thought of that. But it probably was a little inspired by Absolutely. the X-Files. I mean, yeah, the whole alien trend, like all of yeah. this stuff was, yeah. Do you remember a show called Alien Nation? Yeah. They have like, what yeah. is that from? It was a movie first, wasn't it? And then it? it became... And then it was a TV show? Yeah, and then it was a TV yeah, show. Yeah, well, they, they had the weird brains on the outside kind they of thing. They have the brains on the outside. And yeah. don't they like, like milk or something? There's something yeah, that something they weird. like. Something weird. Cat food. No, cat food is from um, District 9. <laughs> yeah. They love cat food. I this feel like there's an alien thing where they like cat food too, though. 
Um, anyway, District Nine is aliens. Yeah, but yeah, but I feel like there's something there's something before that. Anyway, yeah, I do remember. I think Alien Nation was before this a little bit. And then V. V was before this. Yeah, v was, there like was and there's two 80s. V's. Yeah, there's I remember v. watching V, and there's like a birth where a woman gives birth to an alien, and that terrified me. What terrified me was Diana, who's the evil bad lady who I had a massive crush on. I only had crushes on evil <laughs> ladies. Yeah, but I she, really like Maleficent. Yeah. Are you kidding? That's my. <laughs> are you joking? No, I'm not. I've joking. I've talked a lot about how much I love Maleficent. Oh no, I've never heard you say that. You it's mean the 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 animated version? Animated. Right? I haven't seen yeah, the movie. Yeah. The I don't think I can handle it. Yeah. But she was great. Yeah, it's amazing. I talk about it. I went on the meltdown when we did yeah. the TV show. I did, and I said, yeah, I just. Love Cruella her. Deville was my I, invisible friend. Like, really? Like imaginary friend. That's yeah. your friend? Yeah. That's a real evil one. Really evil one. And I liked animals. But I don't know. I think I thought... I don't know what I thought about she's I like, just thought she was like cool. Yeah. She's like <laughs> real world evil too. <laughs> yeah. Maleficent can turn into a dragon. That's right. like magical evil. Yeah. Uh, this is the last show that they mentioned. Them. Never heard of it. Mm, Written by X-Files former pr- supervising producer Charlie Craig who wrote... This episode we were just oh. talking about. This two-hour pilot is scheduled to be shot early next year for UPN. Uh, features the scientists... Oh, who UPN. Dis- yeah, remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, uh, features a scientist who discovers a race of aliens out to steal human DNA. That's so much like the X-Files. Yeah. So all these shows were happening. Also, it's so 90s, like, stealing DNA. <laughs> we <laughs> just figured out DNA. Yeah, DNA. <laughs> That's the thing. I've talked about it here before. But remember when we were like, oh, when we finished the Human Genome Project. <laughs> yeah. And then when we, finished we get it. this thing finished. Yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, then we're like, oh. Everything's the same. Well, that's done. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for, for having coming me. coming back. Um, always fun. Yeah, always fun. I, I'm, actually, I have this week off work. That's awesome. So I'm going to be watching more Yay. X-Files. I kind of want to watch like a later season just so I don't have to take notes watching it. I can oh, just yeah, watch you can it. just relax and watch. I can just watch it like a real, real fucking episode. Yeah, do it. Um, do you plug, plug stuff. Oh, well, uh, the podcast, Put Your Hands Together and uh, Wham Bam Pow are always fun. We talk about a lot of sci-fi <laughs> movies on, on that thing. And we recently uh, talked about Batman, so that episode's probably already out by the time this comes out. Oh, Tim Burton's Batman. Tim Burton's Batman, which yeah. uh, I hadn't seen in a long time, and I had a really great time watching the movie because I thought it was going to be cheesy, and it actually wasn't. No, I really like that movie. This is like, it's Joker's pretty dark in that movie, he even is. though he's playing it so up. Yeah, he's he's still terrifying, and I like that take. Joker is probably one of the best villains of all time. in all comic books. Yeah, he's terrifying. Um, and I think that movie was the first movie I remember. I remember watching it when it first came out and being really excited that there was like a fucking superhero movie because Superman. I love Superman, but that wasn't new. Right. I remember seeing a picture of Michael Keaton as Batman in a newspaper and being yeah. like, that's going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, like it's going to be insane. And I like loved that Batman and I, you know, I played all the video games and yeah. it was just, it was just a fucking great, great episode of Batman. Yeah. Great I realized show. that's my Batman. Michael Keaton is my Batman. Michael that's Keaton's it. your Batman. Not Christian Bale, not George Clooney, not Val Kilmer. What I like about him is that he's a little weird. Michael yeah. Keaton's like kind of a weird guy. He doesn't seem like he would be Batman. No. And I love in that movie when he just like turns into Beetlejuice for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so great. It's great. It. Uh, all right. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. All right. So that was Rhea Butcher. Next week, Devin's back for two more mythology episodes. Um, just, 
you know, follow uh, at X Files Files. Uh, go to the subreddit X Files Files and um, review the show on iTunes and subscribe to it. Uh, thank you for listening. Feral Audio. Feral Audio Live, the first comedy special from Feral Audio. Two hours of stand-up and improv, hosted by Dan Harmon and Aaron McGathy. Well, we are hosting it. Uh, I didn't know they made albums anymore. They sure do. They make them every day. Featuring an opening meditation by Duncan Trussell. How wonderful it is to be here tonight at the Feral Audio special album taping. Steve Agee. That's f***ing embarrassing. <laughs> Little Esther Pavitsky. Crowd, I like it. DJ Dugbound. Turn down for Doug. John Roy. I'd be like, I got a notebook full of jokes. And as soon as I learn to tell them without my hands shaking, I'll make as much money as a school teacher. <laughs> Melissa Stevens. This is going to get real graphic and it's reported. So. And Brody Stevens. You got to be ready at a Brody show. You got to be ready. On sale now at feralaudio.com slash shop. Get a $5 audio download and an independently produced video special for just $10. Visit feralaudio.com to learn more. Live from Los Angeles, it's the Feral Audio Podcast Show! I can't believe how cold it is. It's so cold. Are you fucking serious? Are you As a branch of the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.